following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Hey, well, I want to start off uh, this morning by telling you that I grew up in a family that had a lot of regular routines and cautious considerations to it because I grew up in what we called a Navy family. My father served for nearly 30 years in the United States Navy, so we knew all about spit and polish, rules and regulations, steering the straight and narrow, and then came the summer of 1963. When my parents, for my birthday, gave to me a Thompson submachine gun. Well, not a real Thompson submachine gun, a toy one. You see, that year, the television show Combat starring Vic Morrow as the sergeant, Rick Jansen as the lieutenant, was a big hit. And my friends and I, we watched that show every week. So I went off to war that summer. I spent countless hours with my friends on patrols, reconnaissance missions, long marches, and swift firefights. It was an amazing summer for us. And what I remember most about that summer was the wild abandon that my friends and I experienced when we were fighting that war of the summer of 63. Our relationships, our responsibilities, they all fell under the shadow of what we were doing. Our every waking hour was consumed with winning the war of the summer of 63. I'll never forget that summer because that summer was the summer that this little boy who grew up with a lot of regular routines and cautious considerations got his first taste of abandon. My first experience at giving myself unreservedly over to a cause greater than myself. And I've come to see that that summer of 1963, God was preparing me for the moment in my life when I would bump into Jesus Christ and he would summon me to abandon all else and follow him. Some might say, well, Mike, you know, that was childish on your part, that summer of 63. But I would say, no, that was childlike on my part. And God calls each one of us through his son, Jesus Christ, to a life of childlike faith in him, 
Do you remember what Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 14 and 15? Here's what he said. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You know, here at Narrative, we're in a message series right now on the New Testament book of 1 John, which was basically a sermon that the Apostle John wrote to the early church. Thus far in this series, we've looked at chapters 1 and 2 of 1 John. Now today, we're going to step into chapter 3 of 1 John. And if you brought your Bible with you, this would be a good time for you to open up to 1 John chapter 3. And this morning, we're going to camp especially on the first three verses of 1 John chapter 3. Follow along as I read these verses again. You just read them out loud a few minutes ago. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes purifies himself as he is pure. So I have a question for you today. Do you see yourself as a child? That's how God wants you to see yourself. So through the Apostle John, right here in 1 John chapter 3, he says in verse 1, look at verse 1 again, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And in verse 2, beloved, we are God's children now. So do you see yourself as a child? That's how God wants you to see yourself through Jesus Christ and faith in him as your personal savior. God gives you new life and new birth into his family, and he declares you to be his child. He changes you from a child of wrath to a child of God. He takes you out of darkness and into his marvelous, marvelous light. So I want to speak with you today on this subject. Living life as a child of God in the wild abandon of childlike faith. You know, sadly, in some parts of the modern American church, we have seen the death of childlikeness. Where following Jesus has become kind of just an intellectual exercise, devoid of any childlike sense of wonder, awe, passion, excitement, playfulness, abandon. All those things you see children display so freely. Usually the death of childlikeness within us is kind of a slow succession of little deaths until we wake up one morning and it's just gone. 
It's like the farmer who explained how his cows would sometimes leave the pasture and get out on the highway. Here's what he said. A cow is nibbling on a tuft of grass in the middle of the field, moving from one tuft to the next, and before you know it, he ends up at some grass next to the fence. Noticing a little tuft of green on the other side of the fence, the cow stumbles through an old tear in the fence and finds himself out on the road. Cows don't intend to get lost. They just nibble their way into lostness. And most of us never intended to wander away from the pastures of spirit-given childlikeness and on to the dull, listless highway of the American way. But first came, came the tuft of education. Then came the tuft of a job. Then came the tuft of marriage. Then came the tuft of a new house. And before we knew it, we had nibbled our way right out of child likeness. Please understand, I am not advocating this morning a return to childishness, to immaturity. Jesus does not want us to have a childish, immature faith, but he does want us to have a childlike, growing faith that absolutely trusts God in everything and depends upon God for everything. He wants this for each one of us who know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And I'll tell you this, he wants this for Narrative Church here in Round Rock. Today, I want you to think long and hard about what it means to live life as a child of God in the wild abandon of childlike faith because God the Father wants you to give yourself unreservedly, unrestrainedly over to Jesus Christ and his cause by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. I believe that this is what John was driving at when he said in 1 John 3, verse 3, these words, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So here's the first major point I want to make this morning. Christ called people to a life of wild abandon in him and in following him. Jesus was continually bumping into, think about it, fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes, political activists, ordinary folks like you and me, and summoning them to a life of following him. Think about James and John, the son of Zebedee. And by the way, John, the son of Zebedee, is possibly the author of 1 John. There they were, all set up and established in the fishing business. When Jesus summoned them to a life of faith, to abandon their nets and boats and follow him. Think about Matthew, the tax collector. There he was, financially secure, a nice income stream, 
when Jesus summoned him to a life of faith to abandon his tax collector booth and follow him. Think about Saul, who eventually became the Apostle Paul. There he was, the Pharisee of the Pharisee. When Jesus Christ summoned him to a life of faith, for him to abandon his trust in his righteousness and his religious works, and instead to trust only in Jesus and to follow him. Time and time again, Jesus showed us in his life and ministry that living a life of faith, living a life of abandon, is all what it means to follow him. That we're willing by the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, we're willing by the power of the Holy Spirit, not our power because we can't do it, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're willing to trust God and leave behind all of our regular routines and cautious considerations. In essence, Jesus was saying, if you want to have real life, you want to have true life, you want to have abundant life, you need to give up on your old life and follow me into a new life. You need to realize that life's greatest adventures are just beyond the limits of your carefulness, your caution, your need to cover all the bases and control everything and everyone around you. And instead, to follow Jesus by faith. And Christ still calls people to follow him today. This just wasn't for Bible times. This is for today. Christ still calls people to follow him with wild, childlike abandon. Remember this, the Christian life is more than just finding Jesus. The Christian life is all about following Jesus. It's all about remembering that Jesus followed his Father's lead all the way to the cross where he paid for our sins where he secured for us new life and eternal life, and he summons us now to follow him by faith. The Christian life is so much more than just about finding Jesus. It's about following Jesus. Following Jesus is not a one-time act of faith. It is a one-day-at-a-time following of Christ, where each and every day, we are willing to boldly leave behind regular routines and cautious considerations and follow Christ. It is the humble abandon of people like you and me who give up on our own righteousness and our own religious activities to make us right with God. And instead, we trust only in the saving work of Jesus Christ for us upon the cross. It is the reckless abandon of a young single woman who goes against the advice of her friends and decides not to abort her unplanned pregnancy. And in the years to come, whenever she looks into the eyes of her child, 
she sees the smile of Jesus. It is the foolish abandon of a dentist who gives up his lucrative practice to care for his wife with Alzheimer's when all of his friends think he's making a big mistake and when all he has left is to hold her hand, he feels the hand of Jesus. It is the irresponsible abandon of a young professional woman with a very promising career in television who walks away from it all and moves to a remote village in Brazil to help make a home for street children. It is the risky abandon of a person in a neighborhood who walks across the street and up the driveway to talk with their neighbor about Jesus Christ and the hope that can be found in him. It is the wild abandon of a church that has new approaches to ministry, new ways of doing things, is willing to color outside the lines in order to bring people to faith in Jesus so that Jesus can write new narratives in the lives of others. Yes, the Christian life is more than just finding Jesus. It's following Jesus with childlike abandon, giving yourself unreservedly to Jesus Christ and His cause by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what can keep us from following Jesus in this kind of childlike way? Plain and simple, fear. Fear can keep us from doing that. Fear can keep us from embracing change, from trying the new, from taking steps of faith, from taking what appear to be chances, from choosing to explore uncharted waters, from going where no one else can go, has gone before. Fear is what can keep us from a life of faith, from following Christ with childlike abandon. Let me ask you, what are you afraid to abandon in order to follow Christ? Think about that for a moment. Be honest with yourself. What are you afraid to abandon? Your comfort? Your career? Your schedule? Your money? Your possessions? Your security? Your neatly ordered existence? Your caution? Your fear of making a mistake? Fear can keep us from following Jesus with faith-filled, childlike abandon. But here is the life-changing, fear-breaking good news that I bring to you today. Number one, God gives the gift of His Holy Spirit to every single person who trusts in Christ as their Savior. Number two, this Holy Spirit gives and grows faith. Number three, 
This faith conquers fear. And number four, this victory over fear leads us to follow Christ into the life of full blessing that he has for us as his redeemed children so that we can say with confidence and joy and passion and excitement and wonder and awe, you have bought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and your relentless love. Small wonder then that the rest of chapter 3 here in 1 John is all about God growing our faith. And I want to encourage you to read and meditate upon chapter 3 this week because it's all about Jesus Christ growing our faith. That in response to his sacrificial love for us, we abandon a lifestyle of sin and follow Jesus by faith. We abandon selfishness and self-focus and we live lives of love as Christ loved us. And one of the wonderful things about this love flowing from childlike faith is this, 1 John 4, verse 18. You've heard this scripture, many of you, before. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. And I want to tell you that this spirit-given faith that conquers fear can help us as children of God, can lead us, empower us to follow Jesus with wild abandon. The Bible is filled with narratives of people whose lives were changed by spirit-given, faith-filled, childlike abandon. Think of the men with a physically and spiritually sick friend who with faith-filled abandon tore the roof off a house in order to get their friend to Jesus so that Jesus would forgive him of his sin and heal him of his sickness. Think about that woman with a humiliating blood disease who with faith-filled abandon braved the criticism, the ridicule, the anger of a crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Think about that woman who with faith-filled abandon walked into the temple and gave away everything she had in spite of the religious leaders demeaning the size of her gift. Think about the people of the early church who with faith-filled abandon left behind the familiar in order to take the gospel to an unknown world. The Bible is filled with narratives of people who follow Jesus with childlike abandon, giving themselves unreservedly to Jesus Christ and His cause by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that it is your heartfelt desire to see narrative increasingly filled with people that have this kind of heart, who have these kinds of stories too. You long for that, don't you? God is bringing that to you. And He wants your story to be the same because we know that God is a God who loves us with wild abandon. 
As 2 Corinthians 9, 8 and 9 says in the Message Bible, look at this. God can pour on blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for everything and anything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. He throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out. They never wear out. God is a God who loves us with wild abandon. That's just what he did when he gave us his son upon a cross. That's just what he does when he gives us his Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. That's just what he does when he gives us his word held in our hands and held in our hearts. And this is just what he does when he promises that he will give us all that we need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. When you step out and away from a life of regular routines and cautious considerations, and you choose to follow Jesus by faith, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you are ready for everything and anything, more than just ready for what needs to be done. What a great word for us who follow Jesus by faith. And what a great word for this church, Narrative Church, as you think about, pray for, and pursue the future that Jesus Christ has in store for you. Bill Harley, a singer, songwriter, and storyteller, writes the following. It's a story of a young girl who chose to live with abandon. Let me read it to you. Last year, my young son played t-ball. Now, on the other team, there was a girl I will call Tracy. Tracy came each week. I know, my, I know since my son's team always played her team. She was not very good at t-ball. She had Coke bottle glasses and hearing aids on each ear. She ran in a loping, carefree way with one leg pulling after the other, one arm windmilling wildly in the air. Everyone in the bleachers cheered for her, regardless of what team their child played for. In all the games I saw, Tracy never hit a ball, not even close. It sat there on the tee to be hit and never was. Sometimes, after 10 or 11 swings, Tracy hit the tee. The ball would fall off the tee and sit on the ground six inches from the front of home plate. Run, run, yelled Tracy's coach. And Tracy would lope off to first base, clutching the bat in both arms, smiling. Someone usually woke up and ran her down with the ball before she reached first. The last game of the season, Tracy came up to home plate. And through some fluke, or simply in a nod to the law of averages, she creamed the ball. She smoked it right up the middle through the legs of 17 players. Kids dodged it as it went by or looked absentmindedly as it rolled on stop, seemingly gaining speed, hopping over second base, heading into center field. And once it reached there, there was no one to stop it. Tracy hit the ball and stood at home delighted. Run, yelled her coach. Run. All the parents, all of us, we stood up and screamed. Run, Tracy, run, run. 
Tracy turned and smiled at us, and then, happy to please, she galloped off to first. The first base coach waved his arms round and round when Tracy stopped at first. Keep going, Tracy, keep going, go. Happy to please, she headed off to second. By the time she was halfway to second, seven members of the opposition had reached the ball and were passing it among themselves. It's a rule in T-ball. Everyone on the defending team has to touch the ball. The ball began to make its long, circuitous route toward home plate, passing from one side of the field to the other. Tracy headed to third. Adults fell out of the bleachers. Go, Tracy, go! Tracy reached third and stopped. But the crowd was very close to her now, and she got the message. Her coach stood at home plate, calling her as the ball passed over the first baseman's head and landed in the fielding team's empty dugout. Come on, Tracy. Come on. Get a home run. Tracy started for home, and then it happened. During the pandemonium, no one had noticed the 12-year-old geriatric mutt that had lazily settled itself down in front of the bleachers five feet from the third baseline. As Tracy rounded third, the dog, awakened by the screaming, sat up and wagged its tail at Tracy as she headed down the line. The dog's tongue hung out, mouth pulled back in an unmistakable canine smile, and Tracy stopped right there, halfway home, 30 feet from a legitimate home run. She looked at the dog. Her coach called, come on, Tracy. Come on home. He went to his knees behind the plate, pleading. The crowd cheered, go, Tracy, go, go, Tracy, go. She looked at all the adults, at her own parents, shrieking and catching it all on video. She looked at the dog. The dog wagged its tail. She looked at her coach. She looked at home. She looked at the dog. Everything went into slow motion. She went for the dog. It was a moment of complete stunned silence. And then perhaps not as loud, but deeper, longer, more heartfelt, we all applauded as Tracy fell to her knees to hug the dog. Two roads diverged in that little girl's life. One was the way of roles and expectations, of regular routines and cautious considerations. The other was the road of spirit-given faith and love. The roads in our life are very much the same. Will you go for the safe, predictable road? Or will you go for the one that Jesus calls you to? For he is the one who summons us to follow him as people and as a church with wild, childlike abandon. This is what it means to follow Jesus by faith. Let's pray. As your head is bowed, I'd like to ask you this question this morning. I'll say it twice. What is Jesus asking you to abandon, to follow him by faith, 
and not by fear. What is Jesus asking you to abandon? To follow him by faith and not by fear. I invite you now to prayerfully wait upon him for a few quiet moments to show you the answer to that question. And now, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for giving up everything for us on the cross so that we could say you have bought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love. Would you help us as your people to follow you with childlike abandon? Empower us, Holy Spirit, to walk by faith and not by fear, as we step into the marvelous future, the true identity, the life of blessing that you have for us and for this precious church that you have birthed and that you love so much, narrative. And thank you for the promise that whatever we need to let go of to follow you and your cause, you will never, ever let go of us. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. In Christ's name we pray and all God's people say, Amen.